0: My first business was mail-order cookies to his college. He was a Syracuse alumni and we started a cookie business when I was 10 or so, shipping them out. And so it was just always that environment. And I feel that our grandma would be really proud that something that was her hobby, her pastime, we were able to turn into you know, something we actually sell and people love and want to keep coming back for more. I don't think she would have ever imagined that for us.
1: Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset Show. This is a podcast about the financial, money, and recreational mindset needed to successfully plan for and live your best life before and through retirement. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guests are Diana and Melanie Moss, sisters that founded Mini Melanie. Mini Melanie was founded in 2015 by these sisters that grew up in a family where dessert is everything. Melanie and Diana always had complementary skill sets, but never dreamed they'd be business partners. Their separate paths before Mini Melanie built an incredible foundation for their partnership. Starting at age six, mixing pastry dough alongside their Viennese grandmother, Melanie's childhood baking hobby steadily grew into an obsession. She took this passion to her collegiate studies and after graduation had the opportunity to attend the Institute of Culinary Education and there honed her craft in Michelin-starred establishments where she was head baker and pastry sous chef. On the other hand, Diana is a human rights lawyer turned entrepreneur. Diana brings passion for flawless operations and delivering superior service to many Melanie's customers. Prior to joining or starting Mini Melanie, Diana ran various sales and operation teams over the course of eight years and now has brought those skills to Mini Melanie. Mini Melanie's desserts have been recognized in the 2016 New York City Michelin Guide, and in 2018, Melanie was named champion of a special-themed chocolate competition on Food Network's Chopped. Listen in and hear how these sisters have joined forces to create a great company, with excellent desserts and an awesome experience for their customers. Well, hello, everybody. Larry Sprung here, and I have the pleasure of being with Diana and Melanie Moss, sisters that founded Mini Melanie. And I'm excited to share their story and what they're up to. So thanks for joining us, Melanie and Diana.
2: Thanks so thanks much for, for having us. us.
1: Oh, you're welcome. So listen, it's interesting. You guys are sisters, founded a business together. You're actually the second set of siblings that we've had on the show that have founded a business together. And I always find it fascinating, family businesses in general. So can you each tell us, and and maybe Melanie, you could start and then uh, Diana follow. Tell us about your path to founding Mini Melanie and what each of your roles are within the practice or within the business.
0: Definitely. So we opened in November 2014, started Mini Melanie. And that was after I was coming back to New York City following a two-year stint as pastry chef at Blue Hill Stone Barns. Before that, I had worked at Babbo in the city and going to culinary school and working in amazing Michelin starred restaurants. I wanted to create something really of my own in the desserts world And Diane and I both baked with our grandma growing up. She was an incredible baker. I started baking when I was just six, and it was always a huge hobby of mine. She was a woman really ahead of her time. And working in those male-dominated kitchens, I wanted to create a business and brand that was unique and different and something of my own.
1: Okay. And what is your role within the business, just so people understand? I think they could probably draw the, they probably could draw the dots based upon what you said but just to be clear what what's your role
0: Product development culinary development baking and leading the kitchen team and it's a small team so do a little marketing on the side business development
1: Okay, great. And what about you, Diana? What brought you here? I think you have an interesting story because it's not as direct a path as Melanie being a uh, baker and in the business that you're in with desserts. You have a little bit of a different story.
2: It is a different story that's led me to become a bakery owner. So after graduating law school in New York, I moved to London where I practiced human rights law for about five years I took some time off to have my first child, Alice, and then sort of decided on a career change. And I joined a hospitality startup called One Fine Stay very early on. I moved with that business to New York to launch the U.S. operation. I stayed there for seven years and saw from close to inception to acquisition, and um, we were bought out by a pretty large hotel group. And the lessons I learned at One Fine Stay were really relevant to Mini Melanie, that stage of the business. And our skills complement each other, but we're also similar in our ambition and our approach. And what I'm focused on at Mini Melanie is the operation side of the business, customer service, HR, and finance.
1: Nice. Yeah. So I'm not a baker. I'm an eater. I'll eat anything anybody bakes. So uh, I never got into the baking. Luckily, my wife is a great baker, so I eat and uh, test everything out. That's my joy.
2: That that could be another role for me as well.
1: <laughs> my Peloton would get a lot more use if you guys were uh, sending me treats all the time, for sure. I'd have to spend a lot of time working them off, I'm sure. But uh, Diana, can you tell our listeners, what is Mini Melanie all about? What is the company? What do you guys do?
2: Sure. So we're really focused on creating long-term value for our customers, being a trusted partner for every special occasion throughout life's journeys. And this has become really relevant, especially over the last 18 months being there for all of life's moments to celebrate when you can't celebrate together. We did a big pivot of our business to e-commerce and creating a whole line of products that we ship nationwide. So we have desserts for every occasion, whether that's celebrating at home or together in large groups.
1: That's great. And uh, Melanie, I think one of the issues, I guess, or business issues that you probably have is making sure that you keep things fresh, right? How do you consistently have new desserts that people are interested in? I'm sure there are some go-tos that you probably have, but how do you keep things fresh so that if I'm a customer today and I come back, I want something new? How do you go through that process?
0: I think we have a really diverse, great group of products for having some mainstays, like you need to try our signature chocolate truffles, but then you may want to also try the cookie cake for a weekend, bigger celebration and our layer cakes for when you're really doing something special and there's more and more cake pops and cookie assortments, brownies. So We have a really nice variety. Most importantly, everything is just as beautiful as it is delicious. So you know you're going to have that wow factor at any celebration that we ship to you for or for any gift that you send, you're going to get a phone call. Wow, what is this? This is great. So we have to keep it fresh so our customers are coming back for more variety, but it has to be something that's not... Too crazy, that's not too trendy. I think we're very classic with our desserts, but they have a little bit of our own spin and design on it.
1: Do you change things on like a somewhat regular basis, like either seasonally or annually? How does that work?
0: We definitely follow the holiday seasonal calendar. I think we don't get too caught up in like, oh, it's National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day, which I think is actually today, but we don't get too caught up in every single holiday along the way. But the really big ones, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Halloween is huge for us as well. Thanksgiving, we are always coming out with new treats for those holidays and also following a seasonal baking calendar. So in the fall, we have a delicious apple caramel salted cookie cake. And my background working in restaurants following seasonality with food is definitely important. Citrus in the winter and stuff like that. So definitely rotating things and trying out new things. My job would be boring if I was making the same set of desserts every single day. So we are coming up with um, new desserts all the time.
1: What are some of your favorite desserts that are like mainstays? I would imagine your favorites would be mainstays that are consistently there and available, what would those be?
0: The core group of truffles in our signature mix box, I think if we took those off the menu, we wouldn't be mini Melanie anymore. So those are definitely really important. Our our devil's food cake truffle is my absolute favorite. It's a dense, delicious bite of heaven. (laughs) Not exaggerating there, I think. So those are really incredible, the truffles. And I think that we've really hit a bestseller with our Oreo cookie cake. It's just really beautiful to look at. And Diane and I grew up eating cookie cakes that were very thin. And this is like a deep dish, crazy indulgence. So that's definitely there to stay. And then in terms of our layer cakes, our Funfetti cake was always really popular with Kids and adults, and I think we have um, a really great flavor with our ooey gooey chocolate cake that has a caramel glaze. So
1: what can be bad about that, right? <laughs> sounds Sounds delicious. So Diana, let's shift for a minute. You know, Mini Melanie's been around for six years now, and you're on the operational side. So from your standpoint, what have been some of your biggest challenges as a business owner?
2: Well, the pandemic was an existential. Threat to our business. You know, we started the year as mostly a New York City based catering company with a shop at Chelsea Market. But very quickly, being in New York City, we were hit very hard and all of our orders were canceled. So we had to really take a deep look at the business and figure out who we are and who we're going to be until the normal course of business returns. And that was where we did a pivot to e commerce. And while we've built this other business along the way, thankfully, our previous business of local catering and events and wholesale has started to come back. So it's been a crazy year, but we're really happy with where we are at this time.
1: Do you feel that as things return back to normal, and they may be by the time that this air is maybe at least more normal than it is today, but do you see yourself moving away from the e commerce or continuing with that and having that available to complement the catering piece of the business? It's
2: here to stay. I think people's behaviors in general have moved even more online. So that won't change even for baked goods. You can order and have something at your door tomorrow. So we're a great option for ordering for yourself, for your own events, and for gifting. And sadly, so many similar businesses haven't survived. So there's fewer options out there. So we want to be your trusted go-to brand for every occasion.
1: Great. And Melanie, now, aside from the pandemic, what over the last six years have you seen as your biggest challenge? Has there been a challenge on the baking creative side that maybe you could share with our listeners or maybe some other challenge perhaps?
0: Baking has always been not a challenge for me. I love it and I love the problem solving with it and the creativity, but scaling it is challenging, having the right equipment. So this business has no outside investors. It's Diana and me. It's a family business. And How do you take those risks as a small business? When do you buy that 60 quart mixer of your dreams that you know is going to be the game changer? When do you buy a walk in freezer? So I was fortunate that I had incredible kitchens to kind of grow up in as a chef that have these blockbuster kitchen setups, but you can't snap your fingers and have that right away. So we definitely grew slowly. It was challenging to get those huge orders and not have the right mixer. But step-by-step step, we've grown and now we have a real like, state-of-the-art small business kitchen with great tools to make all of our orders come to life and get them out the door in perfect, reliable condition. So that was challenging along the way. When do we take those steps? And otherwise with our desserts, we can make beautiful desserts, but how do we get them in the mail with FedEx to arrive to Hawaii in July in right. perfect condition? So I can truly say there's always hiccups here and there. And it's nice when a customer is understanding one out of, you know, a hundred percent of the time, a box will break open, but nine times out of 10 or even more than that, our boxes are arriving, you know, in perfect condition. Our desserts are intact and the process is, very laborious making the desserts, everything's by done by hand, everything's packaged by hand, labeled. So we've created great products and we're getting them to you no matter where you are, even globally in the same condition that they left the kitchen. So that was That's challenging. Great.
1: Yeah. So I mean challenging you said cooking has or baking rather should you know has hasn't been a challenge for you to be creative and whatnot. And I think that that's seen by your participation on the show chopped, right? That's a place where you're, you know, it's a high pressure. Usually you don't know what's going to be presented to you and you have basically have to turn something, I guess. Well, I shouldn't say something. You have to turn almost nothing or a bunch of things into something that looks unbelievable. And you had the opportunity to be on chopped and you were the champion of a special chocolate themed episode. How do you feel or do you feel that your experience on that show and your the notoriety that you got from being on that show, how do you feel that that has helped or do you feel it's helped the business at all?
0: It's interesting. I think that when the show airs, there's a lot of traffic on our website because it does re-air and a lot of emails, a flurry of emails. I wouldn't say that it results in it. A ton of orders. I think the show really promotes Melanie Moss and they give some, a quick couple seconds of our kitchen in the background and mention Minnie Melanie, but it's really has it changed the business? No, we didn't. You know, it's not like Shark Tank, but it's Food Network is great credibility. Everybody adores this show and the adrenaline of it. The high intensity of it, the challenge. So it's a nice feather in our cap to have that I was the champion on this show and people always think it's a cool, fun fact. So I'm always it a, seeking out more competitions.
1: Is it as pressure cooked as they make it seem? Like they they make it seem very pressure packed because you're yeah, you're under this time constraint. You don't know what you're gonna get. And you have a very little time to really figure out a game plan, put it together, and have a presentation that looks amazing. And you know they do a very good job on TV, at least, making it seem like it's this pressure cooker of a situation. Is it really that much?
0: It is. And the producers are smart. They really set you up for that day to be in that pressure cooker. I remember the day started. It was like, I think we taped in wintertime. It was Pitch black. We got picked up by a van outside of a random shop front in New York City (laughs) at like 6 a.m. And then we didn't know where we were going. And then we get to the studio. They take your ID, they take your knives, your phone, and then they give you this 30 second tour of the kitchen. So you're like, okay, springform pan, knives, blender. And then you open up the basket. You have 30 seconds. The basket closes. And then they start the time. So that's Really it so it's completely overwhelming as what I do it day to day in the kitchen, coming up with a new recipe. There's unlimited time. I right. can test, retest, think, research. So there and especially with baking, you're not going to have a good baked good if it's not measured.
1: Do you feel your experience there made you better?
0: Definitely challenged me as a professional, as a chef, and it was just humbling to compete against other great chefs and to be judged by those judges. The judges, they don't show it on TV. Of course, that's the edited version, but the judges that day gave me great feedback on my techniques. And it's amazing. I'm the champion, but I almost got voted off in the first round of so mm-hmm. really clinging there and had a major comeback. So if you haven't seen the episode, please try and catch it.
1: <laughs> Definitely check it out. So yeah. Diana, what I want to do is I want to highlight why you guys do what you do. Can you share with our listeners a story about how you and Minnie Melanie played a distinct role in making your customers day?
2: Sure, I can. We have many stories and Melanie and I are so hands-on. If you call, if you email, if you chat online you're likely getting one of us. And we love seeing familiar names, orders come through and know, you know, as many customers as we can. So this is actually a story from today. I took a call from a nice young man ordering a cake for his dad. And when he told me his name, I immediately knew who he was because for the last two years in April 2021 and 20 his dad ordered the same exact cake for him from California to be delivered to his apartment in New York. So his dad is coming to town today. So he is ordered a cake for pickup today for his dad. He wanted the same exact cake, but he didn't know exactly what his dad had Purchase for him. So I knew immediately they have the same name. It's a senior junior thing. So he's coming to our kitchen in an hour to pick up the special cake for his dad and getting a special treat from us as well. So it's the third cake for this one family and feel really excited knowing that they'll have Minnie Melanie to celebrate together tonight. Most likely they haven't seen each other in a while. So really nice to be part of that.
1: Yeah, that's great. I mean, not only having a repeat customer, but somebody who you're going to go out of your way because you already know them, which is great. You can add that extra special touch. So Melanie, do you have any stories like that that you've experienced that you'd like to share?
0: I think that's kind of what our business is all about. It sums it up what Diana said. We are family and we treat our customers like family. And that story is one in many you know, there's a grandma I spoke to yesterday. She ordered one of our DIY kits for her granddaughter for Valentine's day. Then the next week we made her daughter a mini mouse cake. And now she's getting a 30th birthday cake for her son, her, the girl's father. So it's just this and this cycle of really, we've only been around six years and we go with some couples from an engagement celebration to a wedding cake, to a gender reveal, to the baby's first smash cake. So we know a lot about our customers and we like being a part of these special moments and like being there when they need, especially last year, when they need to send a special gift out to someone they miss. So these stories are kind of what we deal with every day and it's a very happy Environment because we really believe in what we're sending out. It's made in the same area, factory, warehouse as it's shipped out.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, cake's got to be at the centerpiece of most special occasions. So, what better way to insert yourself and become part of or part and parcel to a family with uh, special occasions? Cake's got to be there some way, shape, or form. I've seen on your website, you talk about both. Previously working for other people and really enjoying being entrepreneurs. And when you talk about, you know, working for other people, you talk about them being mostly men. Why is having a woman owned business so important to you both? And if you want to start, Diana.
2: Sure. So we come from a family of three girls. So being around women is very natural for us and important for us. And we're all incredibly hardworking and driven and working and we're all working moms. So having that understanding, flexibility in the workplace for ourselves, for our team is crucial to getting through the day, the week, the year, especially this last year. So we think we bring that mentality into the kitchen and try to create an atmosphere that frankly might not be possible in a male-dominated kitchen.
1: Right. What about you, Melanie?
2: Yeah, I think
0: I'm really proud of what we're doing today and how hard Diane and I work. And we have an oldest sister who has an amazing career as well. I started baking with our grandma, and she was a teacher because she had to be a teacher. That was like her only option teacher or nurse. So we were raised in a very entrepreneurial environment. Our dad is very entrepreneurial. He and I had. My first business was mail order cookies to his college. He was a Syracuse alumni, and we started a cookie business when I was 10 or so, shipping them out. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was just always that environment. And I feel, you know, that our grandma would be really proud that something that was her hobby, her pastime, we were able to turn into, you know, something we actually sell and people love and want to keep coming back for more. I don't think she would have ever imagined that for us.
1: That's amazing. And uh, so your older sister has no interest in being involved in mini Melanie.
0: <laughs> she is our biggest ambassador. She's an interior designer and works for a contractor. And she, you know,
2: sometimes there's too many cooks in the kitchen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she could be a customer. And we
2: have a truffle named after her daughter, Pearl, on our menu.
1: Oh, nice. Nice. So you're incorporating her into the business still through that method. She which hears
2: is,
0: about it all. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's great. That's great. So how is it working together as sisters? How do you find that? Do you find it more challenging? You find it less challenging because you're family? What are you guys' thoughts on that? Melanie, you go first.
0: I think when you're a business owner, especially a small business, we don't have 50 people in our office doing marketing newsletters, etc., all the things that we do every day. I think your biggest resource is time, especially having young children. Time, time, time is everything. So working with a family member as your partner, I think that's an incredible advantage that you already have as a business owner that there's no, let's get together for dinner and get to know each other or where are you this weekend? It's like we have, I sometimes think an internal GPS. I know where Diana is at all times and (laughs) when to reach her. So it's just a huge time saver, I think. And sometimes we've known each other forever and this close family that we grew up in. And it's almost as we know each other's thoughts sometimes. So it's very helpful. I think it's a great advantage. And our parents did a great job. (laughs) giving us different directions.
1: Yeah. What about you, Diana? What are your feelings? I mean, it seems like you guys have very complementary skill sets, which is also excellent for this dynamic because if you were both bakers or something along those lines, I could see it being more of a challenge. What do you think?
2: So as Melanie said, it's almost like every family gathering is a mini Melanie offsite. So there's a real level of trust that you might not be able to find with a business partner, you know, knowing that we are always looking out for one another and want what's best. We do have separate lanes, but there's a lot of overlap and we have a lot of access to one another and come together to update and make decisions as a team.
1: Oh, so you bring up a great point, right? So at the end of the day, how do you make decisions? Yes, you want to make them as a team, but sometimes I'm sure there's a tie or something like that. You want to go one way, Melanie wants to go another. So, I mean, how do you ultimately make those decisions, the tough ones where you may not see eye to eye? You flip a cake or you flip a coin?
2: (laughs) It's a good question. We haven't had too many of those yet. So we've come together on the same page. You know, we're both... Pretty flexible, Melanie, maybe a little more stubborn. <laughs> but we come together and we both kind of see the vision in a similar way. So it hasn't been that tricky
1: right so Melanie, do you guys make all decisions together or do you make decisions on the areas that you're most involved with on the business and Diana makes decisions on that and then if it's a overarching decision for the business then you come together for those how How's that division of uh, labor kind of spread out?
0: yeah I think Diana even though she's not a baker she's come up with ideas for desserts or DIY kits. She knows our customers very well. So there's definitely a lot of overlap. I like to incorporate in the development our kitchen staff as well. Some of them have now been with us for a year or two and they have traveled with us through the craziness of 2020. So we went through an immense amount of changes and challenges this past year. So Getting their input as well as ours is definitely valuable. They're the ones helping us make all these incredible desserts every day. So Diane and I will discuss new desserts that we have to make, our newsletter calendar. She gives me input on the social media aspects of the business that I do. So there's definitely a lot of overlap and we're both in the kitchen quite a bit and know how to find each other when we're not in the kitchen to get those decisions made.
1: Have you ever gotten a great idea for a dessert either from a staff person or from a customer saying, hey, this is something I really love and you're like, oh man, I don't know why we didn't think of that. That sounds like an awesome thing to incorporate. Has that happened?
0: I'm thinking about desserts night and day and I think our desserts are very customer-led We want things that people want to eat and that we want to make and that we want to eat and that we want to bring home for our families to eat. So a lot of the products that you see on our website are things that might have started off as a custom order. Oh, I need a thank you cookie tin, for example. And then we realized this is really useful, helpful for people to say thank you with writing on a cookie. And now that's one of our best sellers. So...
1: Nice. Diana, what's up next for Mini Melanie? What's the next big idea that you guys have, and what's the next big step for you guys and the company?
2: So, holiday gifting season is very big for us. So, launching our new seasonal line of products, which will include our holiday cookie decorating kits, which have been a real success for us over the last year. And Melanie can talk a little bit more, but a cookbook is in the horizon too.
1: Oh, tell us about that, Melanie. It's
2: a dream of ours. So,
0: Our desserts, what's great about them is they involve, they're made with products that you could find in your home kitchen. And we have such a variety for people who are gluten free or vegan. So all of our desserts are kind of cake based classic desserts that I think would lend itself great to a cookbook. And that's always been a dream of mine. I'm a cookbook hoarder. So that's definitely in the works for us. And otherwise continuing to grow our website and its user friendliness and dedicate more resources to that and grow our social media following. We're at mini Melanie NYC and Instagram has been a huge part of our business and pictures and photography. So continuing to grow that as well.
1: Is the uh, cookbook going to be tied to the desserts that you offer at Mini Melanie, or is it something that's going to be completely separate and distinct?
0: Definitely all about Mini Melanie. I have to say I don't do much baking at home. So.
1: (laughs) So we can buy the product from Mini Melanie, then cook it at home and compare it if we want to.
0: I think best tip... I don't think
1: it'll be as good, but... I
0: don't want to make anybody feel badly at the end of the day once they a cookbook should... <laughs> it, it'll be based off of and then maybe some tips for doing a version at home. It's really hard to achieve certain things at home. You need so many tools that are just found right. in a professional kitchen.
1: Agreed. So listen, it's been a pleasure having you guys on and we end every show with the same question and we'll give each of you a chance to answer. So Diana, we'll start with you. What did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? Because this is the Midland Money Mindset. So,
2: It's a great question and- And I start the day the same every day and it brings me so much joy. I'm out of bed at five with my iced coffee, answering emails before any of my children wake up and I fit in a quick 30-minute workout and then I'm ready for the day.
1: Nice. Iced coffee year round?
2: Year round. I I have cold brew in my fridge at all times and we're lucky enough to have some coffee businesses in the building who we now trade chocolate for coffee with. (laughs)
1: <laughs> there you go. That sounds like a great trade. Yeah. And what about you, Melanie? What did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success?
0: So before I leave the house, I my children are pretty young. I like to read a story with them, know that don't have any mom guilt as I leave for the day at the kitchen and see the smiles on their faces. My oldest son, his middle name is Baker does not want to help me in the kitchen, but maybe one day. So definitely knowing that I have that balance as I set out for the day gets me in the right mindset and I know what I'm working for.
1: Sounds like great stuff. And I will tell you from personal experience of a father of son that's going to be uh, 15 and 118. enjoy every minute of it because it goes by in a flash. You won't even understand as they get older, the time goes quicker. It's crazy how that works. But I really appreciate you guys joining us. We're going to have this information in the show notes. And I know you mentioned your Instagram earlier, but if people want to find you guys and mini Melanie, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: Our Instagram is definitely the best way. You'll see all the amazing creations coming out of the kitchen. And Melanie does a behind the scenes story every day to show you what's happening. At Mini Melanie NYC. Great. And if you don't use Instagram, shoot us an email. And Diana's up at
0: 5 a.m.
1: Eastern <laughs> time. <laughs> I definitely recommend you check out their Instagram, but I cannot be responsible for what you end up ordering afterwards because it will definitely pull you in and want to order something. I do it. So it's enjoyable. Like I said, I'll have to ride my Peloton a little bit more, no big deal got to enjoy life. So I thank you ladies for joining us and make it a great day.
0: Thank you so much. Really a pleasure to be here. Thank you.
1: I want to thank Diana and Melanie Moss for being guests on the Midland Money Mindset. Diana and Melanie have always had complementary skill sets, and now that they have joined forces, they have created a company that will continue to grow and thrive. Combining great desserts with excellent operational execution, provides an experience that customers love and want to tell everyone they know all about, the definition of success. Diana, Melanie, and Mini Melanie can all be found across all social media platforms, and all their contact information needed to find them can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on The Midland Money Mindset make sure you visit our website at mitlinfinancial.com and be sure to smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content. And listen, please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. Be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about the mindset needed to successfully plan for and live your best life before and through retirement.
2: The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principle.